0: Chapter twenty four of the subjection of Isabel Carnaby. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox dot org. Recording by Kathleen. The subjection of Isabel Carnaby by Ellen Thornycroft Fowler. Chapter twenty four. The five dots. With a cry of delight, Janet flung herself into her husband's arms and the two clung to each other for a few seconds in the inarticulate joy of reunion then she drew gabriel into the house shutting the door behind him and gazed earnestly into his face her first thought was that they had lied to her when they told her that sin and shame had written their story upon his features there was not a word of truth in such a statement he looked older perhaps but his face was more spiritual and saintly than ever the face of a man who like enoch had walked with god her next thought was how much better in health he looked than when they parted he had lost all signs of delicacy and appeared strong and well and in good condition then all thoughts were swallowed up in the ecstasy of seeing him face to face and feeling his dear arms round her once more it was only now that the misery of it was suddenly relaxed that janet realized all the agony she had undergone since gabriel's disappearance it was only in the revulsion back to joy that she knew how terrible the bygone pain had been for a time her whole being was merged in the torrent of overwhelming happiness which swept over her soul wherever gabriel had been he was now at home again whatever he had done he was still her husband bound to her by an indissoluble tie which could never be broken for what seemed an eternity of bliss the two married lovers remained locked in each other's arms murmuring meanwhile passionate and inarticulate expressions of tenderness and endearment the first to speak was janet oh my love my love she whispered it is heaven on earth to have you back again my dearest think what it must be to me to come back dear heart where have you been this long time janet went on when her husband allowed her once more to speak life has been dark and hard indeed without you gabriel's eyes filled with tears as he looked into her face and saw the lines that sorrow had engraved therein my poor little girl what a brute you must think i have been janet started back and put her hand over his mouth no no gabriel i have never thought you that although god knows it has been hard to hear he also knows that i have never once doubted you nor imagined for a moment that you were in any way to blame my confidence in you is as firm and unshaken as it ever was see my beloved i will prove it to you by never again asking you any questions as to your absence as long as you tell me that you have been well and happy i am content my own darling wife it isn't that i don't wonder where you have been and why you didn't come back to me before continued janet i have done nothing but wonder that all the time but if for any reason you would rather not tell me don't remember nothing that you say or leave unsaid will ever make any difference in my love to you gabriel's only answer was another passionate embrace and then janet said come into the drawing-room love and see baby and i will get you something to eat even gabriel well as he thought he knew her was astonished at her absolute trust and confidence was there another woman in england he wondered who in such circumstances would not have insisted upon knowing where her husband had been and what he had been doing and why he had forsaken her he had not found so great faith as this in all his life before and when she laid their baby in his arms it was just the same she gave up the child absolutely into his keeping without asking why he had left her house unto her desolate until that child was born but my dear love you must hear why i went away and why i could not come back before he said after he had kissed and blessed the boy not unless you wish to tell me she repeated it is enough for me that the dead is alive again and the lost is found and once more he marvelled at the perfection of her faith and love but after he had had food and drink and was refreshed and strengthened he told janet his story and she sat at his feet in the firelight and tasted the full fruition of human bliss after i left you that day in the inn he began i walked for a time over the moor and then the fog suddenly became so dense that i missed my way altogether and when i tried to get back again i found that i had completely lost all my bearings once or twice i found myself at the edge of deep pits or quarries and was only just saved from falling over so after one or two experiences of this kind i decided that it was unwise to wander about any more in the fog and that i had better find some sheltered spot and stay there until the mist lifted janet shuddered how terrible she murmured gabriel continued then suddenly i found myself close to a shepherd's hut and thought i would wait there until it was safe to go back to the inn again it was not yet dark as it was still early in the afternoon but the wall of white mist was impenetrable so i entered the hut and to my horror found that it was already tenanted and tenanted by an escaped convict from dartmoor prison i knew him at once by his dress oh gabriel whatever did you do i did the best i could in the circumstances i told him at once who i was and that i had lost my way and i begged him of his courtesy to allow me to share the hut with him was he very wicked-looking janet asked no that is the strange part of the story he was an exact counterpart of myself in appearance the same age the same height the same colouring the same features he might have been my twin brother i have since found out that he was a noted criminal of italian extraction by name caesar costello and that he was serving a five years sentence for a burglary near exeter more than a year of which sentence was yet to run how very strange that he should have been so like you exclaimed janet those accidental resemblances are always strange my darling but perhaps this one may be to some extent accounted for by the fact that both costello and i have italian blood in our veins and in the two cases the same mixed nationalities have produced the same physical type yes yes now i begin to see how it all happened gabriel continued his narrative but the worst part is yet to come to my further horror i found that the man was raving mad at least so he appeared to be at the time but i have since discovered that he feigned madness in order to suit his own purposes and was really as sane as you or i and a great deal cleverer what did he do he was silent at first evidently maturing his plans and seeing how he could make the most of the opportunity thus thrown in his way and then suddenly he seized a rifle which he had with him he had seized it i presume from the warder in charge of the gang when he knocked the ladder down and escaped and held it at my head saying that he would shoot me if i would not grant a request he was about to make and what was his request asked janet absorbed in the story that he might tattoo me on the shoulder it seemed a mad idea at the time just the thing for a maniac to think of but i have since seen how ingenious it was so you submitted there was nothing else to be done it seemed certainly preferable to be tattooed than to be shot and it never occurred to me at the time that the man was anything but the dangerous lunatic he pretended to be so i thought it my wisest plan to humor him certainly you were entirely at his mercy since he was armed and you were not and janet shuddered again at the thought of her husband's imminent peril so he unloaded his rifle took the gunpowder out of one of the cartridges and with the aid of the finest blade in my own pocket-knife which he borrowed for this occasion tattooed my shoulder with five small dots in the shape of a cross did it hurt janet was always very woman only like five pin-pricks it was done in a few seconds he just pricked the skin and rubbed the gunpowder in then he laid down his weapon and became most affable showing me a similar tattoo mark on his own shoulder and i fool that i was congratulated myself upon having humored his insane fancy so successfully by that time it was really getting dark and as soon as the darkness came on the man picked a quarrel with me evidently in accordance with his rapidly devised plan what did he quarrel about dearest i really cannot remember gabriel replied it was all so sudden before i knew where i was he was wrestling with me and we were fighting for dear life and after that i remember no more until i came to myself many weeks afterward in the prison infirmary after a severe attack of brain fever and found that i had unconsciously taken the place of the escaped convict janet seized her husband's hand and covered it with kisses then did you tell them who you were and explain everything she asked of course i did but nobody believed me they had found me lying unconscious at the bottom of a stone pit close to the shepherd's hut and i wore the convict's outward appearance and was dressed in convict's clothes moreover if further proof were needed of my identity with him he was distinguished by a tattoo mark upon his shoulder five dots in the shape of a cross and there on my shoulder was the same self mark which by the time that i was well enough to require confirmation as to who i was had lost every sign of being recently done and looked as if it had been there for years how could they doubt that i was he oh gabriel they ought to have known better gabriel smiled the old sweet smile that janet knew so well i do not really see that they were so much to blame all the evidence was on their side and naturally they regarded my statement either as the delirium of illness or the feeble subterfuge of a recaptured prisoner. Besides, my very hands testified against me, for, as you know, I have so roughened and coarsened them by working with the lads in my parish at carpentering and gardening and the rest, and by conducting the gymnasium for the benefit of the boys, that no one could take them for the hands of a gentleman. They looked as if the picking of oakum had been their wonted occupation. Then evidently the man escaped in your clothes, because you were supposed to have ridden to Newton Abbott in a farmer's cart, and to have taken the train to London, said Janet. Was I? Then evidently the man who went to Newton Abbott was Costello wearing my clothes. He must have knocked me senseless and while i was unconscious have changed clothes with me then apparently he dragged me out of the hut and threw me over the edge of a neighboring stone pit not caring whether i was alive or dead and then he escaped to london it was evidently he whom the gay saw in paris and then janet related to gabriel the parisian incident those are his clothes that you are wearing now i presume she added the clothes that he wore when he was first taken into custody gabriel looked down at himself with disgust yes the prison authorities gave them to me this morning when i left off my convict dress are they not too terrible for words costello certainly got the best of the bargain in the way of clothes and he laughed softly and you you served out the rest of his sentence i served out the rest of his sentence my dearest and god was with me all the time thus the year which the locust had eaten was returned to janet and her husband came back to her alive and well although or perhaps because she was prepared to forgive everything there was nothing for her to forgive for it is the things which we cannot do that we are called upon to do in this life not the things which we can how often we notice that sickness is sent to those who lay unnecessary stress upon the advantage of bodily health and poverty to those who set undue store upon the possession of riches while such as exaggerate the happiness of human companionship are doomed to a solitary life and such as crave inordinately for fame and distinction are condemned to ineffective obscurity just as in the old days it was the cowardly schemer the man who always made up in craft what he lacked in courage that was compelled to wrestle upon mount Peniel until the breaking of the day while it was the very hebrew of the hebrews the man who breathed out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the lord and brought them bound to jerusalem that was called to be the great apostle of the gentiles thus men and women are taught how to compass the impossible and to endure the unendurable since all things are possible through christ which strengtheneth them there was great interest felt and expressed not only in his immediate circle but all over england in gabriel carr's return his experience was so remarkable that it was commanded universal attention of course there was sincere regret expressed in high and official quarters over what had happened and an elaborate apology was dispatched from the home office but official apologies however handsome and well clothed they may be hardly compensate to an innocent man for the discomforts arising from false imprisonment the mistakes of those in authority are hard to correct the state can do no wrong and therefore when it does it is no easy matter to put affairs right again but all things work together for good to gabriel carr according to the promise as he had preached and as he had believed so it was done unto him the regular hours of plain fare and the absence of all responsibility in his prison life had done more for his overwrought nervous system than any so-called rescuers could have done and gabriel was once more a strong man like janet he had learned to cast all his cares upon one who cared for him and so he likewise had possessed his soul in patience and had waited for the lord but although he was restored to health and strength the rector of gaythorne did not resign his country living and once more take upon himself the responsibility of a town parish he gave all his spare time of which he had plenty to revival work and conducted most successful missions all over england which were crowned with abundant results for he felt that in this way he accomplished more work and gained a wider spiritual influence than he would ever have done in one parish, however large and populous. So the Lord turned the captivity of Gabriel as the streams in the south, and blessed his latter end more than his beginning, and he accomplished that which he pleased, and prospered in the thing whereto he was sent, for God was with him. End of chapter 24